Have you any idea how it feels to be a fembot living in a manbot's manputer's world? What? Welcome to the world of tomorrow. This is Back to the Futurama, your podcast voyage through one of the greatest TV shows Fox ever canceled. I'm Mike. And I'm Ben. And this week we are talking about season three, episode one, Amazon Women in the Mood. I don't know necessarily why. There's this problem with the shipping giant that we have up in Seattle, but I'm not exactly sure, but we'll find out. Well, the women who work at Amazon are in the mood, but what are they in the mood for? That's the question that I don't feel is answered. uh, Here's my guess. Thai food. Ah, damn. I could go for some Thai food right about now. Would would we like to pause this and then go get Thai food and come back? Or should we just... We should probably just continue the podcast. We should probably... Yeah, we should probably do that first. Considering I'm back in town and we shouldn't just like bounce. Well, it's been a good podcast. We're going to just go <laughs> eat Thai food now. Well, I mean, we had a good run, and now we're having a better run because Goodbye we're Goodbye from the... Oh, I'm <laughs> just kidding. Um, Excellent. So, a- female Amazon employees are in the mood for Thai food is what we are going to be discussing That's That's at today. least my hypothesis. Fantastic. Also, uh, exciting, we're in season three. That's pretty cool. Whoa, Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty excited because this is sort of where, uh, not this episode specifically, but <laughs> a lot of episodes start pulling a lot of the sad things that I, oh, yeah. I love so very much. This is so, going to be good. We're going we're to have some, a, lot of, a lot of heavy things to talk about. Oh, yes. But for now, we should talk about uh, this episode, um, which is actually not about online retailers at all. Well, that's not true. At one point, Zoeberg gets a catalog and it has a ca- computer in it. Ha ha! I gotcha. All right, you win this round. So. Yes! What? <laughs> Mike won, Ben, all the other points. Yeah, you haven't listened to the intermission that we had last week yet. You don't know how much we. Uh... Oh, I'm sure I got dunked on quite a bit. Oh, yes. Okay, so, I look forward to listening to that. The episode starts out at Planet Express and. Nibbler is coughing up hairballs. He coughs up a very large one that also has a blind man's sunglasses and cane. I don't think I ever caught that. I don't really like looking at the giant hairball. It's kind of gross. Fair. I mean, I don't advise it. But it's there in there. And he then he like climbs onto it and rolls away. It's pretty gross. Hermes announces that while everybody here absolutely totally loves Nibbler, of course. Uh, they we should sh- share the opportunity of cleaning it all up but better better yet let's make zoidberg do it everyone agrees and when given well, they, they put it to an official vote like uh, yeah all in favor and then everybody but zoidberg raises their hand and then all opposed not even zoidberg raises mm-hmm. his hand all abstaining zoidberg is just motionless yeah leela kind of reaches over like zoidberg are you okay and when she touches him he kind of falls over onto fry and Fry literally like is it has Zoidberg on his shoulder and he moves him a little bit and says, "He's dead," very flatly, mm-hmm. just like this is a fact. 
the only person at the table who actually gets even moved at all is the professor who who starts crying about it and it's like he always seems so full of life while he starts crying uh zoiberg enters uh noticeably pinker and a little like loose uh curved around the edges he's jiggly jiggly and he has a towel around his waist and says what's with all the crying yeah so um it's kind of gross He's he's a gross, weird, jiggly crab monster without his shell. Mm-hmm. Sure. Basically, but it, so basically, he he explains that uh, his shell was feeling kind of itchy and cramped, so he molted. Why not? Why not? Uh, so now he's uh, he has to go collect his uh, his old shell and throw it in the dumpster and maybe eat, get the potato chips that Amy left. Those were toenails. A feast is a feast. Oh, Zoidberg. I like how <laughs> I like how the longer the show goes on, the more they're just like, how gross can we truly get with Zoidberg? Spoiler alert. Very. And more. It is just sort of an ongoing thing, though, where they're like, eh, let's make him eat some toenail, some day-old toenail clippings. I don't know why the day-old part makes it grosser, <laughs> but it does. Well, think about how, how gross it, it, stale things generally are. Except for maybe stale bread, because then you can turn it into French toast, and now I'm hungry for French toast as well. See, I went the exact opposite direction. We just got done talking about eating stale toenails. <laughs> I'm never eating again. Okay. We have definitely gone in diametrically opposed directions on this one. Meanwhile, Amy has been getting calls on her very tiny cell phone. That has a very large charger. And when she picks it up, it is just the sound of somebody breathing really heavily. And some stammering and some gasping. It's it's unsavory. Amy is very annoyed and disturbed that some, uh, to quote her, spleez ball <laughs> keeps calling and not saying anything and then hanging up. It's made her terrified to answer the phone. Except then she just immediately answers the phone again because well, it rings again. Because the phone rings and she's very excited. Maybe it's somebody else. And it turns out the same person. Also, while we do talk a lot about how Futurama got a lot of things right, this was a swing and a miss because it was admittedly during an era where cell phones kept getting smaller and smaller and smaller, but they never foresaw the smartphone because now phones are bigger than my hand. Like, they're almost as big as my head at this point. Like... I just want to inform the listener because they did not see. We both kind of stared at our hands for a moment while he was delivering that last line. I'm like, yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah, look at so. I have I have a Pixel XL, uh, not not a sponsor of Back to the Futurama, in my hand, and it is bigger than my hand. So he is he is right. Exactly. So so like I said, Mike won. Ben all the other points. Futurama a decent amount, but not on this one. Zero points. Zero points to Futurama. No, that's not true. I've given Futurama a lot of points. Well, no, I mean, to like the 15 points to Gryffindor kind of thing, because the, the house cup. So, oh. Yes. Wait, okay. Well, what house is Futurama in? Well, Or oh, is Futurama its own house? That's what I was thinking. Futurama is its own house. The Simpsons are its own house. Family Guy is its own house. King of the Hill is its own house. And which one is Futurama? Ra- Ravenclaw probably it's a it's for nerds by nerds yeah that's probably the case so wait which one's Gryffindor uh, we already know which one's Slytherin Family Guy Family Guy yeah okay mm-hmm. pretty clearly 
Okay. Uh, Simpsons is going to be Gryffindor, I guess, because everybody knows it. Sure. And is tired of it <laughs> being Excellent. the one that's always there. So did we just put King of the Hill as... King of the Hill is Hufflepuff. Excellent. <laughs> Good old Hank Hufflepuff Hill. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I don't know why I need it, but I need some fan fiction about this idea <laughs> of these four different show universes coming together as a so- some sort of like wizarding college with multiple houses in them i i just kind of need that i'm googling hank hill hufflepuff right now (laughs) it just makes me think of of bobby hill screaming i don't know you that's my wand and kicking and just kicking somebody in the crotch uh there's sailor moon uh king of the hill fan art i don't see any hufflepuff fan art so i mean i i understand uh, and that Get, get on that internet um, that that seems like what you mentioned, though, sounds like a very good, fruitful d- cause of discussion, but I don't want to go further down that, that right now. Okay, so, wow. So, that all happened because Amy has a small phone. <laughs> Fantastic. I'll have to listen to that back to figure out just how we got to where we got. Um, so, on the other end of the phone, uh, the, the person who keeps calling and hanging up, uh, it cuts to the uh, Nimbus. The Nimbus, yes. Uh, where Kiff is dialing Amy on a normal-sized phone. And then as soon as he hangs up, he's like, I love you. Because uh, he just he keeps trying to call and profess his love for Amy. He's but... just too nervous. He just can't. He just, he he's such a, a soft-hearted mm-hmm. alien that he just can't bring himself to actually say the words. And while he's kind of crying over this, Zap comes in and uh, I don't remember what he says. I do want to point out that uh, Kiff has been doing this 10 times a day for a year. It's true. Also, he's got a ton of pictures of Amy. A lot of pictures. Hanging up. Now, one of them is from when they were rescued um, from the Titanic. Mm -hmm. And it's a a newspaper clipping. Exactly. That one makes sense. Which is less creepy than the rest of them. Where did he get the ones? They all seem very candid. Uh Uh-huh. She's like, I know at least one of them. She's at the pool hanging out with Fry. So she's like in a bathing suit. Kiff is maybe a little more stalker than we give him credit for. Yeah, I think that's kind of the um, impression one is supposed to get, maybe. Because it, it, it's very clear, like, he has a whole corner of this tiny room that he has that just is plastered with all these pictures mm-hmm. on it. Speaking of creepy people, Zap walks in. I've never heard a better segue. Yeah, Zap it says, I think he says something about needing a bathroom attendant. Yeah, and then he's like, "Oh, I've cu- I've cu- walked on you crying." It's like, "Well, I've always thought of myself as a father figure." Let's chat. So basically, he gets the whole story about how he met somebody and is in love with her, and explains that it was. Uh, we get a little bit of a flashback to when everybody's getting off the life raft from the Titanic, mm-hmm. with a nice little background joke of Bender chucks the necklace into a garbage can. Mm-hmm. Just nice little callback there. Nice little cherry on that episode's Sunday. But basically, they have a moment, and then it cuts back to the present. Zap is clearly not listening. Oh, clearly. But then he he sees that news clipping from the Titanic disaster, and 
uh, Leela is kind of mm-hmm. in the background and says, "Your your Amy knows my Leela," which is not accurate at all. I mean, it, the the fact that they know each other is accurate. The um the words in front of Amy and Leela are not. So, I have it that he hijacks the whole situation in the notes. Because he does, because he immediately starts negotiating for dates. That's accurate. So yes, he negotiate. He calls up Leela to negotiate a double date. Um, after tough negotiations, um, very very fruitful negotiations, but tough. They end up agreeing on a half of a date. I propose we go out on ten dates. How about zero? Nine. Zero. Seven. Zero. Eight. Five. And that's my final offer. Four. <sighs> One. Two. One half. I'll take it. We'll meet you tonight for part of dinner in the first half of a movie. I love the uh, the half of the date shtick gets better and better. It's just, it's wonderful. That does seem kind of like a, a weird hipster date sort of thing where it's just like, we're going to subvert the whole dating scene. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take you to half a movie and we'll drink ha- half a bottle of wine. Here's half a bouquet of roses or, you know, whatever. Like, here's a very hipster thing. Here's oysters on the quarter shell. So they go to La Palme d'Orbit. It it is a restaurant orbiting a planet that is also kind of a ship. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because the maitre d' is is like piloting the ship and then sees that they have people and they hand them menus and go. Zap gives Kiff a little black book that is a book of his personal pickup lines with the instructions to say as many as you can as fast as you can. The reason Zap does this is because Kiff is very concerned because he doesn't know if he knows what he's going to say. He's very nervous. He's He he doesn't want to screw everything up. I mean, I, I get it. Dating's kind of the worst. Mm-hmm. So that's just my point of view as a Kiff-like nerd. Sure. I get it. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm with you, Kiff. I get it. Not so much on the weird stalker photos, uh, but this part I, I totally get. Well, we don't need to hang up weird stalker photos anymore. We have Facebook. Touche. <laughs> I'm sorry. That was supposed to be funny and not like real, but it was too real. <laughs> it, was a little too, it was a little too real. Yeah. Sorry. I, I brought some levity. I didn't bring levity into this comedy podcast. Kiff also brought some uh, flowers and some candy, which Zap says that... Uh, Flowers are corny or something like that. Mm-hmm. And he takes the candy and is like, and candy, candy is for dorks. And then he eats the entire box of candy. <laughs> so what does that say about Zap? He's a dork. Also, if candy is for dorks, I'm a total dork. Same. Candy is awesome. Oh, it's amazing. It's awesome. Breaking news. Candy is awesome. <laughs> they, they get seated. Mm-hmm. And Zap is just generally awful. He kind of is, zap is zap zap is zap. He orders, um, like a bottle of wine and a, a, half a, bottle. Yeah, everything gets cut in half by Leela, which is very funny because it leads to the oysters on a half shell, quarter shell. Very good. Uh, but it makes zap zap says Kiff isn't hungry and orders central salads for the women, and Zap personally orders two steaks, presumably for him. Oh, they're absolutely for him. It's it's zap. I mean, steak is tasty, but two steaks is a lot of steaks. I mean, depends on the size of the steak. If they're two fillets, like yeah, I could get down on that. Oh, fair enough. 
It also happens to be karaoke night at this very fancy French-looking restaurant. I assume from the name it's sort of French-themed. Yeah, it's probably. But uh, it, it's karaoke night, which the two does not compute. It's a very weird juxtaposition of these two things. Morbo is singing Funky Town, <laughs> which is such, pretty great. It's such a wonderful like throwaway. It's so It's so wonderful. So Kiff has been kind of quiet all night um, and stammery, and then he pulls out the black book and starts basically rapid firing all these terrible, horrible pickup lines. Like, if I said you had a beautiful body, would you take your pants off and dance around a little? Like, just horrible. And um, do you have the second one? I find the most erotic part of a woman is the boobies. I mean, there's a childishness to that one that is... <laughs> that is funny but it's also kind of gross yes i mean i would i would say that to like a long-term relationship like ah ha ha this is me being funny uh not on a first not date. on a first date yeah that's probably a good choice there ben long long time listeners of this podcast will know that on my first date i go with hey sexy mama want to kill all humans see that's a better pickup that's line. a much better pickup absolutely line. there's it. it's not you know it's not putting anything on her. Exactly. It is. It is. It's a question, really. It's not a, a pickup line. It's a question. Do you wanna? Do you? Yeah. Do you wanna? It's. It's recommending other activities that you could do exactly together, like a nightcap. Mm-hmm. It's not. Hey, you want to watch me kill all humans? You want to do it together? We're, it's. It's something you do together. You share that moment of killing all humans. Exactly. Yeah. The boobies line is just not a good line. No, it's not a good line at all. Or the other one. The other one's worse. It's true. Like, yeah, it's... Look, I am an expert on dating. Go with the kill all humans line. You will be set. That is my guarantee. Not a guarantee. <laughs> As not a um, uh, an expert at dating, because I haven't had to do it in a long time, um, I say, go for Benz. Don't go for Benz. Don't go for Benz. The, the, the women get very upset well, yes, because these... Kiff is being an awful person. I mean, we we everybody knows that he's not. I mean, the the audience knows he's not being a terrible person. He's just has terrible advice given to him. Mm-hmm. But he's too uh, worried to realize it's terrible advice. Zap gives more advice, which is perfect. His advice is that there's only one surefire way into a woman's heart and parts beyond. And what is that? karaoke <laughs> he he his pronunciation of every word in in the history of his words are very good because he never knows any of them it's wonderful i'm also just going to point this out i met my girlfriend at karaoke it's true i mean i met her through you and and your wife sure but it was at karaoke yeah. therefore this is maybe even better than the kill all humans line Hey, baby, want to sing karaoke? That might have been actually what you said. I don't remember. I mean, probably not, but it, it works. You probably said, hi, it's nice to meet you. <laughs> probably. But look, I'm just saying karaoke is maybe the only good advice Zap has ever given. It's true. Uh, so the, the ladies are in the restroom and they are putting on makeup. And they say, and Lila says, enough makeup. Let's storm out. And as they do... Kiff is in the middle of a rendition of Total Eclipse of the Heart. 
Uh, and it's it's so heartfelt. Because you can definitely see his dupe boys choir uh, background. Mm-hmm. It does actually kind of have its effect. Amy's like, oh, that's so sad. Yeah, it's she's uh, she's charmed a little bit. And Zap says that it, it, Zap, amateur hour's over. Yeah, and knocks him off the stage. He does a weird spoken word version of the song Lola, mm-hmm. but makes it about Leela. Uh-huh. It's very Shatner-esque. And nobody enjoys it. it. In fact, it's outsized how everybody hates it because they all rush to the restaurant escape pods. So here's my other karaoke advice. Okay. Well, I'm, he- I'm listening. Because, so I do a lot of karaoke and a lot of people are like, Oh no, Ben! I'm not going to do karaoke because, like, I'm going to be bad. My advice is: you will not be the worst person at karaoke because, like, you just got to shoot for like not the worst. Yeah, not the worst. And your gold because I guarantee you, almost every night there's going to be someone doing a performance as bad as Zaps. Oh, and it's always the people that are doing these bad performances are always choosing to do the worst way yes there was i I remember one time i was at a a, a karaoke bar and somebody decided to do lean on me i was there for that oh yes and they decided to to do a parody version hopefully a parody version called p on me so the point is go to karaoke it's a lot of fun you'll be fine don't be zap you won't be the worst it's great. There was also a screamo version of uh, one of the Backstreet Boys songs that I was at once, and that was odd. He was also j- carrying this giant panda bear plush. <laughs> it's a very odd uh, image, and trust me, it was weirder in person. Man, karaoke is the best. Karaoke brings some things out of some people. So, <laughs> yes, everybody leaves the restaurant they 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 are i leaving is not as strong as it they are just knocking over tables and chairs trying to get to these escape pods which i i find it wonderful that a restaurant has escape pods everybody evacuates the restaurant they uh they get out as fast as they can and then uh, including everybody who's like flying the ship oh yeah like everybody's just getting out as fast as possible Zap says that it's fine because he can absolutely fly this ship. Mm-hmm. And Leela at this point is demanding a space taxi. Which <laughs> I want to know why of all the things, this is the one thing in the future where they're like, we're going to put the word space in front of it. It's true. They don't do a lot of that. Like they don't say, hey, let's take the space car. Like Amy's car in put your head on my shoulders can fly. It can go through space. Mm-hmm. They drive it to Mercury. They don't call it a space car. It's a car. I thought it was a hover car. But it's not a space car. That's true. That's the important thing. Why do they call it a space taxi? Maybe that's the brand. Hmm. I want a space taxi registered trademark. Okay. All right. I'm willing to give you that point. You've got two points now. You're doing pretty well for yourself on this I'm episode. I'm coming back. I, I go on vacation for a week, and then I come back and just win all the points. So excited. So, yes, uh, Zap says, no, 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 it's fine. I can totally fly this thing. And uh, he mentions one of my favorite lines of all time for Zap is, she's built like a steakhouse, but she handles like a bistro. It's wonderful. Um, he, he, like, when he gets up to the, the controls, he 
like just seemingly hits random buttons and windows go up and down and the windshield wipers go and lights flicker on and off and he starts driving it and then he realize and then he realizes they're crashing and he says gravity you've beat me again yeah uh so the too long didn't read is he cannot fly this restaurant mm-hmm it, he may be right that it's built like a steakhouse, but handles like a bistro, but he does not ho- know how to handle a bistro. Very few of us do. It's true. Back at Planet Express, Zoidberg is ordering a new shell. Yep. He got his catalog and he tries on a, um, what I have written down is a Mexican gunfighter shell, which uh, he does some pretty racist things actually yeah. and uh bender stands up and says i find that offensive i would i'm a mexican and opens his compartment and says echo in in mexico and which i think is the first time we because it comes up i mean there's a whole episode about it mm-hmm. later on but i think that's the first time it comes up that he's like actually built in mexico yeah i think so so and yeah zoidberg also tries on like a I, I I have it down as the policeman from the village people. Yeah, that's that's pretty accurate. Um, his um pants do not have a seat. Hermes also points out at this point that the Planet Express healthcare plan only covers one type of shell, and, and then he hits a button and it turns out that it's a white shell that has a barcode on it on the stomach that says shell. I tried to scan that barcode to see if it did anything, okay. but I don't think the resolution was good enough oh, on our primitive TVs to, to pick that up. Someday. Someday we'll be able to pick that up and then also Amy's tattoo. Fry is also concerned at this point that Leela and Amy haven't returned from their half date yet, so he decides to call the restaurant. He gets a wonderful response. <laughs> uh, like the automated voice says, the number you have dialed has crashed into a planet. Please make a note of it. <laughs> I, not, <laughs> not like, you know, like, has progression to a planet? Please try again. No, just note it. I love this line because I will add the phrase, please make a note of it after a lot of <laughs> things I say. It's a direct reference to this. Uh, <laughs> I find that ju- Just fantastic. like, hey, just so you know, this tar- terrible thing happened. You can't do anything about it. Please make a note of it. <laughs> it's, and the fact that it's pre-recorded, how often does this happen? probably right. quite a bit uh so uh fry is excited to like wants to go save them and mary's like ah, i'm good and fry's like but think of the senoritas and bender, bender says vamanos and there's like a great like guitar chord that plays in the background back with leela and gang they have crashed on some kind of jungle planet mm-hmm uh, Zap says there's nothing to do but populate the human, repopulate the human race. It's a very Zap thing to do. And he, it's a Zap, it's a, it's a, I almost said a Zap judgment, a snap judgment. I would have taken a Zap judgment. Fair. Because his judgments are very quick and very bad. Let's get this in Urban Dictionary. Let's talk to the Urban Dictionary people. I wonder if it's already there. And we are back to Ben Google's That Corner. Uh, there is no listing for Zap Judgment. Well, it's time to get on it. Anyways, uh, yes, they're all talking around um, the the wreckage, and all of a sudden, the ground starts shaking. The the water in in Amy's cup is reacting to that. It's like the the Jurassic Park mm-hmm. scene. Yeah, yeah, 
Also, Zap's belly is also like jiggling mm-hmm. to that as well, which yeah. is a pretty good jab. Yeah. And then a bunch of giant women show up. And I don't know about you, but I instantly now have the giant woman song from Steven Universe in my head again, which I know we've talked about before, but mm-hmm. it's a very uh, pervasive, pervasive song. Mm-hmm. It's a wonderful song. It is. And you're welcome. It is a very good song. So anyways, so, yeah. the, uh, the, they've, they've hidden at this point and they see these giant women zap, of course, stands up and says, starts trying to, uh, hit on these ladies, these giant women. Says, I don't usually say this, but you are the most beautiful trio of gigantic ladies I've ever laid eyes on. I should hope he doesn't often say that. He also pulls out his little black book and tries to give the most erotic part of woman is the boobies line. But he is grabbed by the head as he tries to deliver it and is taken away with the rest of them. Meanwhile, Fry is chaotically flying the ship to this planet. It's very, very, very bad job is what he's doing. But he manages to get there, which is more than I could probably do, to be honest. And it seems to land without a ton of damage. It lands with it, it down and then or without the landing gear. And then it kind of the landing gear kind of pops up under it. He doesn't he doesn't do the worst job in the world. So they uh, they're looking at this this crash site and they find like a giant like hair clip yeah uh and also a giant tab cola mm-hmm. so yep, that's a yep, thing that they found that's a thing that happens um so they explore a little bit and they they kind of go through some grass and find these giant women leading uh kiff zap leela and amy in chains they also then get discovered because they're actually hiding in a big like grass skirt of a giant Mm-hmm. Amazonian woman. Well, there's a beat there where Fry's like, here's my plan. And then you hear grunting. And then Bunder says, that's the stupidest plan I've ever heard. And it turns out it was the woman that they walked through their the skirt. So at at this point, the women get set free. Uh, mm-hmm. So Leela and Amy get set free because they are women. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the men have to stay in chains. We find out that this is planet Amazonia and that the men here died out many years ago. The women and the prisoners are getting a tour of the capital city of Planet mm-hmm. Amazonia, where you see things like their women's basketball team, who can't dunk but have good fundamentals. Mm-hmm. There's a comedy club that is funny in a different way, as one of them puts it. And meanwhile, the the men are giving little jabs like translation, boring, and then they get beaten up or kicked <laughs> or, you know, whatever. It's true. It, it's a sort of a long bit where the dudes are just being jerks. Yeah, and it's... Yeah. I don't really have much else to say about it. They get taken to a big temple that awkwardly has like big smoking boobs on it. Yeah, there's a lot of design choices. And inside is where the ruler of planet Amazonia is, which turns out to be a giant femputer, which is, I guess, a female computer. Sure. Just like a, a, a fembot or a manbot. But yeah, it looks like a, a big giant mainframe from it sure like does. old school. Like we've already got better technology than this old mainframe mm-hmm. looking thing. Um, and it 
talks to the Amazonians, says that uh, the men are going to be punished, essentially, for being men on planet Amazonia. That's true. That's what the, uh, the, the she kind of, the femputer decides that she needs to take a moment and turn around and figure out just how to sentence them. But she, they are going to be punished. Um, I should also point out that the femputer is voiced by B. Arthur, which is uh, pretty neat. Pretty neat, yeah. Good, good guest star. Yeah, and uh, she does a good performance. She does a good performance of this femputer. So well, well done, B. Arthur, mm-hmm. for being good femputer. <laughs> yep. Yes, indeed. Um. So. Yeah, the the men are getting chained up against the wall, and uh, Zap is kind of enjoying it mm-hmm. in an oddly sexual way. One of the Amazonians asks, well, men are strange. What do you even use them for? And then uh, one of the, uh, Leela or Leela, Amy, yeah. uh, whispers into one of their ear, and then her eyes get really big and she's like, oh, you mean snoo snoo. And everyone is enthralled by this idea of snoo snoo. And yeah, because none of the Amazonians have really had snoo snoo because all the men have died out mm-hmm. many, many, many years ago. And uh, the femputer spins around and makes has to take some time to decide what to do with the men and she ends up deciding that the men will be put to death by snoo snoo and there is concern and yet excitement on the chained up men's faces everybody except for for kiff who is just terrified he's terrified but i do like how zap and fry's face go from this really really excited uh expression to this really terrified expression just like back and forth like they can't decide Mm -hmm. if this is the best day of their life or the worst day of their life that's true either way it's going to be the last day of their life fair um they also find out that the last men that showed up on amazonia died of crushed pelvises and then it cuts over to the picture of the three three (laughs) skeletons with crushed pelvises all looking like they're smiling and one of which is smoking a cigarette which is pretty impressive for a skeleton. uh, skeleton But it is, uh, I uh, just love that that picture so much. It's out of context. It's wonderful. One of the in context, it's wonderful too. One of our uh, listeners who follows us on Twitter—that's their Twitter profile picture—is little skeletons with. Uh, and I have to say, they made a great choice. So, uh, the men get taken off to the snoo snoo chambers, uh, which is. Um, Mm-hmm. Snoo Snoo Chambers sounds like a awkward band name. I don't know why. That but is it just kind of hit me. Yeah, that, like that doesn't. Yeah, I wouldn't want to listen to that music. I don't think. No, but, um, uh, it'd be so, like some bad trip hop. I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Uh, before they get taken to those chambers, uh, the the weird trip hop chambers, uh, Leela is attempts to beg for their lives, um, but the femputer learns that they laughed at uh, women's basketball and does not listen to the please bender also gets to uh escape because he is it it's pointed out that while yes he is a jerk like a man he's actually a man but check the crotch and he like he knocks on it (laughs) because nothing down there he says hollow 
So he gets set free because he's not really a man. He's a man bot. And he doesn't have a pelvis to crush. So, yes, he gets set free. So they actually only take Kiff, Zap, and Fry to these new snoo chambers. Mm-hmm. And then they determine um, which which women will snoo snoo each man. Uh, Zap will be snoo snooed by the large women. Fry will be snoo snooed by the petite women, uh, of which they're still pretty pretty big, very big, because um, it's a very large race of large women. Um, and Kiff, as the most attractive male, will be snoo-snooed by the most beautiful, then the large women, then the petite women, then the large women again. So right before the snoo-snoo happens... The snoo-snooing begins. Kiff makes his last-minute plea to Amy that's like, you know, I just want you to know that the things that I said on the date were Zap's idea and that he was the one that was calling and hanging up, but he says that he loves her. And then... um, they all get dragged off into the the actual chambers for the actual snoo snoo. Leela asks Bender to interface with the femputer to save them, and Bender is less enthused about it until Amy kind of uses some martial arts and pins his arm behind his back and gets him to do it. Bender goes to interface with the femputer mm-hmm. and sneaks past the guards and such like that. His his method of interfacing with the femputer is he says time to override the cpu and reprogram this femputer and he pulls out a pipe and just starts beating up this giant mainframe Mm -hmm. it it, and then a panel falls off of it and it reveals that the femputer isn't exactly what the femputer looked like it's a fembot operating a bunch of levers and talking into a microphone and it's very reminiscent of a wizard of Oz. it's very wizard of oz but if if the wizard of oz was a robot voiced by b arthur you're right if it would it would be exactly like that so bender asks why a fembot would be pretending to be a femputer and ruling over this uh planet and or she says I came here from a faraway planet ruled by a chauvinistic man pewter that was really a man bot. Have you any idea how it feels to be a fembot living in a man bot's man pewter's world? What? <laughs> like Bender just responds like I No, don't. I get it because that's a that's a that's a lot going on in that one <laughs> sentence. It, it, and it, there's a lot of run on in there too. Like I there's just there's it's just overwhelming. And then she says, now I must deal with you, my meddling man bot. And then it kind of has this dramatic sort of tension. And then it cuts back to the snoo snoo chambers where Zap is, uh, he he is, basically he says, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is spongy and bruised. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Fry and Zap are tired. And um, Leela sees this and starts attempting to beat up the Amazonian women waiting she makes not even a dent. No effect whatsoever. They don't even flinch. And one, one, one of them picks her up and drops her and then sits on her. Yeah, picks her up by the hair. And then Amy rushes in. She's dressed as an Amazonian. She's on stilts. So she's above everybody's head. And, and walks into Kif's chamber. Yes. And then she... Uh, Kif, Kif is up like attached to the ceiling. Kind of like a lizard or a gecko mm-hmm. or something. And I suppose since it's snoo snoo chambers, I should probably point out he's he's climbing on the ceiling. He's not like attached to the ceiling because, man, those snoo snoo chambers can get weird. It's true. Let me tell you. 
Oh boy. Content this, warning this, on this one. This is a PG-13 podcast. This is as much information as I'm willing to, to wait for Back to the Futurama nights. <laughs> after dark. It gets a little blue. And dark because it's after dark. Because it's because it, there's no light anymore. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so uh, the the Amazonian woman that is in there is trying to get him off the ceiling. Uh, Amy rushes in, drops off her, like f- jumps off of the stilts and and catches her uh, Kiff in his ar- in her arms. And then they run off, and all the Amazonians start chasing Amy. They're running up next to this temple. And there, she's kind of getting pincered, so she finds this crack in the wall and manages to go into this temple. The Amazonians bow down and ask the femputer what they should do, and the femputer says, I'm tired, just leave me alone. And then Bender's voice comes over the, the microphone, and he's like, Ooh, I'm a scary femputer. Release the prisoners and bring gold, lots of gold. And uh, they ask, why gold? Why do you need so much gold? (laughs) And she's just like, you heard the man. (laughs) Which is maybe the best payoff of a, like, it's such a good payoff line for basically everything else that has happened this entire episode. Yeah. It's very good. It's it's quite good. So, yeah, uh, we go back to Planet Express and Zoidberg has a new shell that looks like his old one. And he found it in the same dumpster. But this one, this one, had a raccoon in it. Hermes isn't impressed with this story. I don't blame him whatsoever. It, it's just so inconsequential as a side, a second arc that it's just wonderful. The, yeah, the Zoidberg getting a new shell B plot is such a... It's not even a B plot. It's like a Z plot. It's, <laughs> off, it's off doing its own thing. You get about a combined... 45 seconds of this plot <laughs> and there are absolutely no stakes none no stakes whatsoever i guess i'd never thought of that just how like tacked on it is yeah but it's, but it's perfect for zoidberg and it's wonderful meanwhile leela is saying it's funny how the battle of the sexes was only resolved when a man bot and a fembot realized they loved each other uh bender then says oh yeah but if she calls i'm not here and then opens his compartment to show that he's got all the gold. And he says, and it turned out this was the best adventure ever, or the best mission ever. Uh-huh. Uh, Amy and Kiff agree, and they're snuggling on the couch. Zap agrees, too, because as he's, uh, and I quote, I had Snoo Snoo. And they're in, like, body casts from about yeah, they're in like, the I, mid-chest I, down to, like... Like thighs, yeah, mid thigh, yeah. So like just around the pelvis area. Uh huh. Um, and then uh, Amy uh, Kiff asks what Amy wants to do next. She whispers in his ear, and he starts getting all nervous and and stammering uh, and, mm-hmm. and. But there's a smile in his face for a good amount of it. And that is where the episode ends. That means it's time for grades. <laughs> I don't like this episode very much. All right. Um, so there, done. Uh, no, it's just, it may have worked better back in the time frame that it was in, but I I don't find it. A, a, a lot of the mid area is just making really kind of 
sexist jokes that I'm not a huge fan of. So even even though there are good bits, there's the picture of the the screenshot of the broken pelvises. There are good bits about half dates and things like that. I just with something that has zap in it and is so so based on you know women versus men, I just can't I can't give it a good grade at all. I I was when I was on vacation, I was like, oh, this is the one we're coming back to, and it's it was kind of a bummer, but I'm gonna give it a C minus. Okay. So yes, this is this is the one episode when we decided to do a Futurama podcast. This is kind of the one episode I was really not looking forward to discussing because I agree that it's such a it's such a difficult episode to discuss because it is a very classic Futurama episode. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you you use the phrase death by snoo snoo people know exactly what you're talking about yeah it's got a lot of great one-liners there are a lot of very good classic moments but futurama does this thing that as much as i do love futurama it is i find it very problematic this isn't the only episode where we see it but it's kind of the epitome of it Mm -hmm. where when they decide okay we're gonna do humor based around gender they push it really hard to the point where, like, is it supposed to be satire? Because are, are we are we like, oh hey, you know these these guys are all jerks and they think like dudes who are jerks and um, of course they're making fun of women's ba- basketball because like they're jerks, or is it like, oh hey yeah, women's basketball sucks. Let's make fun of it. And it's such a fine line, and I can't ever quite tell where the writers are going with it. And I have a problem with it. I mean, we've talked about before as well, just like episodes that are very Professor Farnsworth heavy, where they're like, oh, hey, let's just make fun of old people for a while. This is the same thing, but but really, you know, making fun of women. Uh, one of the, the things that we didn't even talk about is that when Bender is sneaking into the temple he overhears them talking about like, Oh, I'm so fat. No, you're fine. I'm the one who's fat. And it's like, it's, it's bits like that where I'm like, okay, this probably Mm -hmm. isn't satire. And now I don't feel as comfortable with it. Yeah. So it's, it's rough because it is, despite all of that, there are a lot of very funny things in this episode. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a little bit torn. Um, I'm going to give it a, C maybe C plus, but I don't even know if I can go that high. Yeah, I I think we've said our piece at this point, and I think we're we we've made our point clear. And yeah, I mean, uh, but that's that's just our opinion. I mm-hmm. mean, you yeah, know, it's, like I said, there is a lot of good stuff to appreciate about this episode as well, and it's still overall pretty funny. Yeah. Um. So you know, I think it's still worth watching, but even still, like the other thing that I forgot to to bring up is even if it's not full-on satire, it's some really low-hanging fruit. Yeah, it's not... Like... It's not very... Resorting to dumb stereotypes about men and women is like... I feel like I'm watching a stand-up special in the 80s that's not even a particularly good one. Like, right. it's very low-hanging fruit. And, so. and for Futurama to take that low-hanging fruit is not very much like them because they've got... they can. So many of their jokes are so clever and so 
nerdy and just, you know. But hey, now is the part of the podcast where we point out, after we have uh, just ripped apart a very classic Futurama episode, (laughs) to point out that people can get in contact with us. Why am I doing this? Well, because uh, discussion is good. And I uh, that we, we've had our piece, and now our listeners can have their piece as well. If you'd like to tell us how wrong we are about this episode, please send us an email at backtothefuturamapodcast at gmail.com. If you'd like to tweet at us, at backtofuturama. You can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash backtofuturama. And as always, we're on iTunes. Uh, please rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, most of the time we uh, uh, like the episodes on Futurama so just keep that in mind when you're rating and reviewing Um, and until next week uh, which again since we're doing uh, it's not Netflix order anymore uh, so we should point out next week is going to be Parasites Lost Ooh, good! Uh, so you can look forward to that next week I am looking forward to that and until then I'm Ben and I'm Mike goodbye from from the world of tomorrow. tomorrow